Folks, we're coming to the end of the book of Revelation. We've been walking through the book of Revelation. If you're visiting with us, uh, we're in Revelation chapter 22, final chapter today, and uh, just looking forward, we're not going to cover the whole thing, uh, but chapter 22, verses 1 through 11, just talking about the culmination of God's kingdom, the culmination of God's kingdom. And uh, looking forward again to the word that God has for us this morning. So thankful for this day, thankful for our praise team. I'm grateful for them. Uh, I heard a story this week I was reading and uh, saw a story about a little boy. <clears throat> and a little boy was born blind. And, uh, and he grew up and finally he was about 12 years old and, and, and there was a surgical procedure uh, that he went through uh, for his blindness. And finally the moment of truth came after the surgery and uh, they removed uh, the wrapping from his eyes and he looked around the room and, uh, and, and he said, I can see. And, uh, and he sat there and he was taking in the room and uh, later they left the hospital and as they were driving home, he wasn't speaking, he was just taking everything in as he looked at the lakes and as he looked at the trees and as he looked at the skies and he saw the birds for the first time and he got home and later that night when he was laying in bed, uh, his mom and dad came into his room and he began crying and he said, mom and dad, why didn't you tell me it was so beautiful? And they said, oh, we tried, but you just got to see it yourself. And that's exactly what heaven is all about. We've been walking through this book of Revelation, and the culmination of the whole book of Revelation is, hey, Jesus Christ is coming soon. He's coming for me and you, and he's prepared a place for me and you. And one day, we're going to be with him forever and forever and forever and forever. Have you ever, I, I was thinking this thought, I had a thought this week, and uh, this was my thought that I had this week when it came to uh, uh, this eternity with Jesus Christ, that he's prepared a place for us. Have you ever bought a gift and, and, and you were waiting for the right moment to give it to the one that you loved? You ever, you ever done that before? And, uh, and you just can't wait. You just can't wait till they experience it. And, uh, and, and, and you know, we do that with different people. And in fact, it's, it's, it's really tough with little ones, especially with little ones, because sometimes you buy them that gift that you think is just going to rock their world and think, wow. And, uh, and they just get fascinated with the bow and forget the gift. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of a downer for you. Uh, but when you're talking about this is the greatest gift, there's nothing that compares with what Jesus Christ has prepared for those who love him, who have been called according to his name. One of these days, we're going to see him. And eye has not seen, nor has ear heard of the things that he's prepared for us. That's what scripture says. First Corinthians chapter two, and in verse number nine, the things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. What a day that's going to be. Well, this is the last, again, chapter in the book of Revelation. But not only is it the last chapter in the book of Revelation, uh, it's the last chapter in God's scripture. And so when you're reading through the Bible, uh, uh, the Bible has one theme throughout, and it is the redemption of mankind, the redemption of mankind. Uh, in fact, uh, when you're reading through scripture, uh, uh, it begins in Genesis chapter number one with the creation of mankind. God created man and he created woman and placed them in the garden of Eden. 
Eden, and it was incredibly good. No death, no dying, no disease, no sickness. It was phenomenal, this Garden of Eden. And it only took a couple chapters. Chapter 3, we have the fall of mankind. We have where mankind sinned against God. They ate fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and sin entered. And ever since that time, in fact, Genesis chapter 3, Scripture just gives us one theme, the redemption of mankind. Why? Because God Almighty created us for fellowship with Him, unhindered, unbroken fellowship. And so He had to fix the problem, the redemption of mankind. And what He did on the cross is that He paid the price for the sin which separates you and me from Him. And one day, we're going to be restored to a literal uh, 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 position in His presence forever and forever. Why in the world? The question has to be asked is this. Sometimes we ask the wrong questions along the way. In fact, when we go through difficulties, we say, why would God allow some difficult circumstances to come into my life? Well, that's really an easy question to answer. Uh, The fact of the matter is we live life in a broken world, and He never promised us that it's going to be smooth sailing. He never promised us we're not going to go through difficult days. We have a world that's broken with sin. Therefore, all of us We'll go through difficult days along the way. He did promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weaknesses. That's not the right question. The question really that we ought to be amazed at is this. Why in the world would God Almighty love me like he does? Why does he love us so much? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his one and only son into this world not to condemn us of our sin but to save us from our sin. God loves you and he loves me. He demonstrated that great love and that while we were still sinners, he died on the cross for you and for me. Why? To redeem us unto himself, to restore creation. That's the culmination of the kingdom, a complete restoration. Well, in this passage of Scripture, the last chapter, we, we, we continue on with this vision of God's kingdom. Uh, it begins in the first five verses, the vision of God's kingdom, beginning in verse number one of chapter number 22. The Bible says, then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will have no need of of the light of the lamp, nor of the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. And he continues on from there. But just first of all, the vision that we have of this eternal kingdom. Last week, last week, uh, uh, he gave us a glimpse, and and again, uh, he's using human language to describe something that's not 
uh, earthly. He, he, he uses elements of earth to describe heavenly. And so, and so it's lacking. Uh, in fact, when you get to heaven one of these days, <clears throat> uh, uh, <laughs> if you're saved and you get to heaven one of these days, you'll say, man, good night. I never dreamed it would be like this. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, but, 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 but what we have in Scripture is uh, he talks about, again, the streets, <clears throat> the, the translucent gold uh, of the streets. He talks about uh, these, these precious stones, uh, the most precious of stones, multicolored, uh, colors that I believe we can't even begin to imagine. And, and, and they're going to be, and then the gates of pearl, and all of these things are going to be lit and, and, and really just uh, 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 shining with God's glory that's in that place. It's going to be a phenomenal scene beyond anything that we could begin to dream. And so he here, he's picking up where he left off with this same uh, vision of what's happening, and he gives us four more features of what to expect one day. Uh, the first one being, he says there's going to be a river of life coming from the very throne of God Almighty. The Bible says, then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, and we're going to go on from there. But first of all, we have the river of life, clear, clear as you ever sat next to a crystal clear river. How amazing is that? In fact, the Bible says back in Psalm 46, a little glimpse from the psalmist in verse number four. Psalm 46, verse number four. There is a river whose streams make glass the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. And there's something about a river that speaks, again, to the eternality of God Almighty. You know, the eternal life that we have because of Jesus Christ. Uh, several years ago, uh, our men went up to a, a, a whitewater rafting trip, and uh, I'm not big on cold water. And so I told them I'd go, but I'm not getting in a boat. And, and, so, and so, but let me tell you what I did do. Let me tell you what I did do. I found me a boulder right by the river, and, and I'll do this anytime I can get close enough to a river. I found a boulder right by the river, and I was amazed all day long. I was amazed that, man, this continues to flow and continues to flow and continues to flow. And it's a reminder, again, of the eternal life that we have in Jesus. Jesus Christ. John, over in John's gospel, chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. In John chapter 4, verse number 13 and 14, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will, will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. His water. Let me ask a question. It is satisfying. Have you ever drunk from his well? The Lord Jesus Christ loves you and wants to grant eternal life to you. And if you've never called on his name, you don't have a clue what we're talking about this morning. The security of forever in his presence. There's going to be a river coming out of the throne, and I believe it's going to be beautiful. The Bible says not only is there going to be a river coming out of the throne, and it's a reminder, a continual reminder, again, of the everlasting life that we have because of the one who gave it to us. Not only will there be a river, but there's going to be a tree. And the Bible says, and not, in fact, I believe it's going to be several trees. On either side of the river uh, was the tree of life, uh, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of 
the nations. It's interesting when you read through uh, Scripture. And, and in fact, in the Garden of Eden, we read about this tree. Uh, the Bible says over in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, <clears throat> chapter number 2, and in verse number 9. In Genesis chapter 2, verse number 9, talking about the Garden of Eden, way back in the beginning, out of the garden, out of the ground, the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. And so what we see again is a complete restoration uh, one day. We're going to be in his presence and there's going to be this special tree. And this tree is an interesting tree simply because again, uh, it's going to be there. And I don't know exactly how it's going to work. All right. I was reading this this week and I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, uh, I, I could only imagine, all right, because Scripture says the nations are going to come, if you're reading through with me, uh, the nations are going to come, and, and, and the leaves of the tree are going to provide healing for the nations. And so the nations are simply a reference to the people, because there's going to be people from every tongue and from every tribe in the presence of God around his throne. What an incredible scene it's going to be. And I can only imagine, again, I don't know, I don't know this, but I, but, but I can only imagine when you're talking about this river in his presence and, and, and how the nations, how the peoples will be coming for therapy. Uh, and, and I use the word therapy simply because healing of the nations, the word for healing is the same word from which we get our word therapy. And so when you're talking about healing, it almost implies sickness. And, and, and we know that in heaven there will be no sickness. And so I believe it's something that refers much more to the therapy that comes from the presence of God Almighty. The refreshing time that comes from the presence of God Almighty. We talk about a lot of things as being therapeutic in this world. For some, therapy is found uh, in a deer stand early in the morning as they watch the day wake up. For some, it's on a lake fishing. Uh, uh, for my wife, there's something called retail therapy. Uh, I don't know, but, 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 but we all find, we all find therapy. Uh, and, and what is therapy? It's, it's not healing of sickness, but it's just enjoying the presence of God Almighty. And I believe there's going to be a crystal clear river that's flowing, and we're going to be able to sit under the leaves of these trees in the presence of God Almighty and find times like we've never had before, uninhibited fellowship with the Father around His throne. It's going to be indescribable what we're going to experience when we get there. There's going to be, again, this tree. And this tree is bearing fruit all the time. The Bible says every month. In, in other words, he's just simply making a statement, all right? <clears throat> he's just simply saying it will always be bearing fruit. It will always be bearing fruit. Is it going to be one fruit or multiple types of fruit? Don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> but it's going to be good. Are you looking forward to that day? It's interesting when you're reading about trees in Scripture, because we read about the trees back there in the beginning, Genesis chapter number 2, and it was from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they ate fruit and sin came into this world and the world fell. But then it was by a tree that Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and for me, redeeming us unto himself, conquering sin and the grave. And then we have this tree of life that we're going to be partaking of in his presence forever and forever. Not only is there going to be a river and a tree, the Bible goes on in verse number three and four to say, 
it's going to be abundant life there, man, because there's no curse of sin. The Bible says in verse 3, there will no longer be any curse and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. You know, what a day that's going to be. We can not even begin to imagine what that's going to be like to have no curse, the curse of sin that we live with in this broken world. We cannot even begin to imagine what that's going to be like. We do know for a fact physically that there won't be any ailments forever and forever. Emotionally, there will not be any ailments forever and forever. Spiritually, we will have uninhibited uh, uh, fellowship with the Father like we don't experience even today. When you're talking about where we are today because of the curse of sin, we still have struggles even as believers in this world. We still have that flesh side of our relationship with God, that which gets inhibited in our relationship with God. Let me ask you, and how quickly are we reminded of the curse that we live with even in this world? I mean, it doesn't take long. You can go to an event. Have you ever, you ever, been, you ever been to an event like especially a, maybe, a, maybe a Billy Graham crusade or maybe a a passion conference or a, or a concert where, where, man, it's just like I feel like I'm right in, I've been ushered into the presence of God. And everybody in the building, everybody in the building are just right in the presence of God. You know that the Holy Spirit of God moved in a powerful way in that moment. You ever been in, in, in one of those moments where you just feel like, man, there's been a rushing of the Holy Spirit of God in this place? And then all of a sudden, it doesn't take long you get to the parking lot before the same people that were right there remind you that, hey, there's still this curse of sin that we're living with in this world, because uh, it doesn't take long, does it? <laughs> but you know what? One day, there won't be a curse, and we're going to serve him. In fact, the scriptures say we're going to, his bondservants are going to serve him. That's me and you. In other words, we're going to serve. You know, some people have the misconception of heaven and what that's going to be like. Some people, it's like, for some, it's like, oh, heaven's just that place where, you know, we're going to sit around on clouds and strum harps and just eat grapes or whatever. And it's like, no, no, no. It's going to be a place of service. And I don't know exactly what that looks like. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I tell you this, Scripture also teaches us that what we do this side of heaven impacts what we do that side of heaven. What we do this side of heaven, in other words, some people say, I just want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. It doesn't matter. It will matter when all of eternity is based on what you do even today, this side of eternity. The Bible says over in Matthew chapter 19, over in Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 27 uh, uh, through 30, it says it like this. Then Peter said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my name's sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. What a day that's going to be. Not only are we going to be serving and in His presence, uninhibited service. I love to serve. I, I just love serving today. I really do. I'm so grateful to be saved and uh, to be gifted and equipped to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord's service, but not only serving him, we're also going to be sealed. The Bible tells us that we're going to have his name written on our 
foreheads. Uh, what, 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 I don't know exactly what all that's going to be about, uh, uh, but, but all I know is there was an old song by Kirk Franklin years ago that talked about GP, uh, God's people. I don't know what kind of sign it's going to be, but he's going to have a sign written on us, claiming us for his own. And, 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 and you know, the closest thing I could think of was <clears throat> back in the day, I can remember uh, a few years ago, I, I played ball at Florida State, and, and whenever we would travel, uh, we would always wear our whatever identifying marks that we had, whether it be jackets or shorts or shirts, whatever. And, uh, and, and you were recognized as uh, Florida State. That's where you went. You recognized the Florida State and took a lot of pride in that. <clears throat> and uh, in heaven, I'm God's child, man. And he writes his name on my forehead. I don't know what that name's going to be. Jesus Christ, King of Kings. I, I don't know. Uh, but he's going to sign us. <clears throat> and uh, I look forward, again, to wearing that forever and forever. Not only is there abundant life when we get to heaven, uh, there is eternal light when we get to heaven. The Bible goes on to talk about in verse number 5. <clears throat> and there will no longer be any night. And they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and forever. He is, again, the light of life. Um, what a day that's going to be. No more night. You know, you think about night, this side of heaven. Night's always that time when bad stuff seems to happen at night. And in fact, sicknesses even seem worse when it's nighttime. You ever... You ever recognize that? But when we get there, there's not going to be any night. We're going to be forever in the presence of the light of His glory. And what a day, again, that will be reigning with Him. I don't know what all that reigning looks like, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. He gives us these visions. And so what do we do with these things? What do we do with these things? Well, he goes on in verse number 6 and following to talk about the declaration of his coming. We sang a song this morning about the declaration even of his coming. In verse number 6, the Bible says, And he said to me, <clears throat> These words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show to his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, verse number 10, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Behold, I'm coming quickly. You know, in fact, in these closing verses, he repeats the phrase three times over. He says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Behold, I'm coming quickly. And he is coming quickly. One day, we're going to see him. And, uh, and when he comes, when the event happens, it's going to be in a moment, in the twinkling 
of an eye. And the question is, are you ready for that day? Are you ready to see him face to face? Are you ready? Are you ready for what I believe to be the rapture of the church? Way back as we've been walking through uh, this book of the Bible, I believe that the next event to take place when it comes to the end time events will be the rapture of the church. And the rapture of the church is simply Jesus Christ is going to call his people from this world unto himself. We're going to meet him in the air, and it's going to be at a time that's not told. Nobody knows. Jesus doesn't even know when it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen soon. And once it happens, it will happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We won't see it happen. It just, bam, and it's done. And the question is, are you ready for that moment? Are you ready for that day. These words are true and faithful. When you're talking about these words being true and faithful, the question oftentimes is asked, what words is he talking about? Is he talking about the words from this letter of the book of Revelation? Or is he talking about the words from Scripture? To which I would say, because Revelation cannot be separated from the rest of the book, all of the book is God's Word. I believe he's talking about all of God's Word. All of God's Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16 and 17, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, uh, equipped for every good work. Because God said it, you can count on it. He is coming quickly. And so because he is coming quickly, because it is going to happen at an unannounced time, what must we do? How can I prepare for that moment? Well, obviously, the first thing would be Number one, are you saved? Have you been born again? Because that's what's going to happen when he comes. He's going to come to call his children home. So the question is, have you been born again? Have you been saved? Ever been a time in your life when you recognize, man, I am a sinner? Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin, the cost of my sin, it separates me from God Almighty. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Ever been a moment in your life when you recognize, man, I know that I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus Christ came into this world and that he is God in the flesh. And he lived a perfect sinless life. And he who knew no sin, he took my place. We call that the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that he took your place and he took my place and he paid the wages of my sin, that which separates me from God Almighty by the shedding of his blood because the Bible says without the shedding of blood there could be no forgiveness of sins. And so that's what he did for you and for me. Why? Because he wants, he wants intimate relationship with you, not religious experience, but relationship. And if there's never been a time in your life when you've called on his name, you must call on his name or you will be left behind. There's only one of two places. There's heaven and there's hell. And only those who have been born again, born from above, who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. It's not just pick a religion and go. No, it's either Jesus Christ or you go to hell. The Bible says in John chapter 14, Verse number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. There's only one way to be saved, and it's through Jesus Christ. 
So the question, first of all, what must I do at this moment? Well, number one, are you saved? Number two, if you are saved, are you living a life of obedience? He says, make sure, make sure. It's not just about believing the word. It's not just about agreeing with the word. It's about doing the word. Am I obeying the word of God? The Bible says in verses number six and seven, these words are true and faithful. And the Lord, the God of the Spirit's prophets, shown his servants what must take place. And then he says in verse number seven, behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. Am I living a life? Of obedience. The Bible says over in John chapter number 14, verses 23 and 24. John 14, 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. You know, Scripture is crystal clear. We are saved by grace through faith. Aren't you grateful for that? In other words, I, I, can't, I can't do anything to earn my salvation. Okay? But if I am saved, if I am truly saved, then my life is going to be different. And one of the differences that will happen in my life is I will live a life of obedience to His Word. I'm going to live a life of obedience to His Word. I'm not going to be resisting at every turn to what His Word is teaching me to do. Does that make sense? I mean, it troubles me. It really does. It troubles me. In fact, in fact I would even invite you <clears throat> to help me with this because it troubles me when I have conversation with people about biblical truths and, and, and where do you stop. And I'm not suggesting for one moment that any of us are perfect because none of us are perfect. We're all struggling along in this journey. Uh, uh, but but, but, but when, you, when, you, when you run into people that say, man, I've been saved, I've been saved, and you take them to scriptures that talk about baptism, and they say, but I don't want to do that. I, I, don't under, I, I really don't. I, somebody help me understand that. I've been saved, but how come all you talk about is giving? I, I don't understand. Why, why, why would I not want to give? Uh, I, I've been saved, but, but, but I'm not going to share. Well, well, why not? Why, why wouldn't you share? I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I don't get that. I don't get that. God Almighty has put in me the want-tos to obey His Word, no matter what it is. I don't always walk where I ought to be walking, but I am saying my heart says, man, I want to do anything and everything that God's Word tells me to do. And if I'm somewhere that says, I get God's Word says that, but I don't want that, well, how do, you, how do you reconcile love of the Father with obedience? Help, help me with that one. I believe that to be prepared, we need to be obeying the Word of God. We need to be worshiping God. We need to be worshiping God. The Bible says in verse number 8 and 9, <clears throat> I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. In fact, the Scriptures tell us in verse number 8 and 9, all of a sudden John is overwhelmed at the message that he's received. He's overwhelmed at the vision that he has seen. And all of a sudden, man, he starts to bow down and worship the one delivering the message and not Jesus Christ. And he said, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Worship God. Worship God. And, you know, we got to be careful. we got to be careful along the way. You know why? Because sometimes what we do is we put people on pedestals and worship 
the people delivering the message and not Jesus. It's always interesting to me. It's always interesting to me. In fact, uh, I'm going to say something. I'm always saying something. I'm sorry, I just had this thought. So, so one of our college kids, one of our college kids, he, uh, he was talking to me because he said at his church, at his church, they had, uh, they had Bobby Bowden come, you know, back when Bobby Bowden was alive, and uh, had Bobby Bowden come to the church. <clears throat> and when Bobby Bowden came to church, wasn't a, wasn't a parking spot available uh, in the whole church. Couldn't even get in the doors of the church. And his daddy made a statement to him, said, you know what is interesting? <clears throat> Jesus Christ is in this place every single week. But we come for Bobby. We, we worship personalities <clears throat> sometimes. And we've got to be careful. We've got to make sure we're worshiping God and not my pastor and not my singer and not my mama and not my daddy and not Mother Mary. Worship God. In fact, the Bible says in Exodus, <clears throat> Exodus chapter number 20, uh, it says it like this, verses 5 and 6, Exodus 20, 5 and 6. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Are we worshiping the God of heaven? Not only worshiping God, but also sharing his word sharing his word. If I'm going to be ready for his coming, I need to be sharing his word. The Bible says, don't seal up, verse number 10, the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy, and let the one who is righteous still keep practicing righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. And he's not suggesting uh, that they continue to do that, but understanding this, that when you're talking about your decision to follow Christ or not follow Christ, whatever decision you're making, know this, that there's going to come a time in an instant that no matter what you're doing, the decisions you're making today will seal your eternal destiny forever and forever and forever and forever. Your decision. God's not sending you to hell, but if you've chosen to live the fool's life, you will forever be the fool. What does that mean for us? Make sure we're faithfully sharing word with others. <clears throat> the world needs to hear and the world needs to know that there is a God who loves them deeply and desires intimacy with each one of them. God help us to be sharing the word. You know, earlier as we walked through the book of Revelation... He says, this, this, the words of this book, the words of this book are both bitter and sweet. I mean, and they really are. They, they, when you think, of, as a believer, as a believer, how sweet it is to know that one day soon, I'm going to have no more struggles. I mean, one day soon, I'm going to be in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And what a day that's going to be. Sweet. But how bitter it is to think that I have loved ones and friends that if the moment happened today, they're eternally separated from God in a place called hell. But that God has entrusted to his church, to you and to me, 
the gospel. Paul said it like this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God unto salvation first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. In other words, we have the privilege and opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news, God loves you, wants intimacy with you. And we need to be faithful in sharing. How will they know? How will they hear unless we share? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. They must hear the word of God. And so the question is, are we sharing, church? Are we sharing? God, help me be faithful. Help me to be found faithful. How do you want to be found when he comes? I don't know about you, but I want to make sure my life is marked by obedience, that it's marked by worship, and that it's also marked by a faithful witness because the world desperately needs to hear. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer today? This morning we'll pray, and after we pray, sing a song, and after the song, we have an opportunity to just come. Maybe you're here today and you've never called on the name of Jesus to be saved. Man, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. I don't know heaven or hell. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> if you're here this morning, you never called on his name, I'm going to invite you to come today. But I also want to ask the church, are you ready for his appearing? Are you ready for his appearing? Are you faithful? And if not, what I need to do what decision I need to make, even today. Oh God, this morning I thank you for these days of grace. I thank you for your mercy. God, you woke us up this morning. You've given us life, the gift of life. God, you've given us the freedom to come and gather and worship. Lord Jesus, you've given us your word. And I pray, God, that we would be faithful in responding to the leadership of your Holy Spirit even now. God, oh God, have your way in our lives. Search us, Lord God. Father, I thank you for these moments today. God, this morning I do want to continue to pray, Father, for our church family. I pray for our teenagers. This week's going to be a big week, Lord. The traveling. Oh, God, I pray that you'd prepare their hearts and their minds. That, God, your spirit would move in a powerful way this week, Lord. Oh, God, I pray that you'd bless them with ears to hear, eyes to see. Help them to be still and in the moment. Oh, God, that they not miss what you have. Lord, speak. Thank you for the opportunity this week. And God, today, once again, we want to say thank you for our nation. But we do pray. Oh, God, we pray for an awakening. Lord, we need you in this nation. We need you. God, we love you. We thank you for this time. Lord Jesus, have your way in this moment. May you be glorified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.